Sitting among friends in his living room, John was enjoying an evening of camaraderie and some jovial teasing at his partner's expense. It was a night of fun and laughter. That would be one of John's foremost memories of the home. But he had that memory not because of the laughter. What he remembers most that night was the sudden movement of a candle piece sitting on top of the television. They had several candles across of them. It was pretty big. And the people at our party would were making fun of, jokingly making fun of my partner. And all of a sudden, the whole candle piece with all the candles flew out into the middle of the room and then fell on the floor. Even though his friends looked on in stunned silence, John knew exactly what had caused the candelabra to move. There was a spirit in the house, but this one was much less menacing than the one from his childhood. I'm Steve Blanchard. Welcome to Phantom History. On the previous episode of Phantom History, John, a native of Ohio who now lives in Orlando, shared his story of growing up in a home where strange noises, opening doors, and glowing red eyes were all a part of his childhood. Years later, archaeologists discovered that the two-story home was built atop the remains of 22 bodies. Well, at least 22 bodies. Only a small portion of the seven-acre property was ever part of an official dig. Academics from nearby universities identified the remains as those of a local Native American tribe that was likely laid to rest some 1,100 years ago. But that experience was in John's past. He had left that home, attended college, and was an adult by the time he moved into a home within the city limits of Sandusky, Ohio. But almost immediately, he noticed that something wasn't exactly right. We would, we would have different things happening. There was like a, a really horrible odor that would come and go um, and, and just kind of things like that. And um, we ended up getting a divorce and then I ended up um, being with my partner. And then after I was with my partner, the same thing. We started having that smell come back um, in certain places of the home and then it would go away and then you'd smell it again somewhere else. And um, we started renovating the home and at the time of the renovation is when it really started to pick up. We had a lot more, it was almost like a, a, a fun type spirit because every time we would go to grab a hammer, grab a tool, the tool would come up missing. Um, we would find the tool in our dresser, a dresser drawer, or find it somewhere else. Um, it was almost like a playful spirit of some sort. Um, it would take our billfolds and we always kept our keys in our billfold in the same spot. We, as we came in, we hung the keys, we put our billfold right there on, on this um, uh, cabinet thing we had and our billfolds would come up missing and we'd find those somewhere else. Um, so as we were doing the remodeling, because somebody had remodeled the home before us and we were actually taking it back to the original, what the house looked like originally. Um, it was a very different playful spirit and then we would we would smell like the different smells again um, a really really odor that was really strong and then it would go away um, but we never felt worried about anything it was more of like a playful feeling 
That playful feeling soon faded the night of the party, when their friends were joking at John's partner's expense. The reaction among his friends when the candelabra forcibly flew into the center of the room changed John's perspective of the spirit. You know, we all kind of just were quiet and we just kind of looked at each other. And it was almost like a sign, like whoever had been doing all of that stuff to us was kind of upset that they were making fun of my partner. Um, and it wasn't even, it was like just more playful joking. It wasn't being mean or anything, um, but you could tell it, the mood in the room changed totally. Um, but you can kind of feel like it was almost like whoever it was or whatever spirit it was in the home didn't like the fact that they were making fun of him. Were your friends who were at the party aware that you had experienced some things in the home before that? Um, just little things like that we, that were happening, like the things, um, you know, moving and hiding and stuff. And they thought we were all crazy, you know, until after the, um, the candle incident. Once again, John found himself watching those with skepticism about his experiences fully realize that he was not, in fact, imagining the haunting. Physical evidence had just presented itself, and much like earlier in his life, when his father finally had his own experience to validate the spiritual goings-on in his childhood home, John's adult friends had a similar revelation. After that had happened, they definitely believed that there was something. You know, obviously, you know, people, they couldn't decide what exactly it was, but they definitely felt that there was something going on, because... Um, obviously the whole candle piece because it was a big like archway full of, of different candles on it and it flew out into the middle of the room and then fell on the floor so it's not something that you know we would have been able to set up or do or anything um, right. so they knew that obviously there was something going on not much is known about the home or the history of the property on which it sits the house which is shown on phantomhistory.com, was built in 1920, according to Sandusky property records. It went up for auction in 2010. The only history John has about the home is what he heard from his neighbors. I know it was an older home. It was an older two-story home with a walk-up attic. Um, it was remodeled before we moved in. And I do know that the people that remodeled the home before us, that kind of boxed all the rooms in and stuff, um, fought all the time. And um, they had, a, the neighbors would tell us that like throughout their whole renovation, all they would do is fight. And um, they ended up doing another home and moving into that home. And then they ended up selling that home and they separated. And we found out that, um, you know, it, a lot it had to do with all the fighting so i don't know you know what was going on with them and in, in the home that we had lived in or what was going on for sure but we didn't have that you know we had it was more of a playful thing um of course we didn't have all the fighting going on either right and it, as you said about the home you lived in previously there was like a strange heavy kind of feeling maybe they felt something similar uh with that spirit um but when you were there maybe it seemed to like you a little bit more at least it sounded like it liked your partner if it didn't want people making fun of him right and i kind of you know and you, you know i think about it and you know i look back and i think that you know throughout the time before we did the remodel it was just really basic it was just the odors coming up here and there and the odor was really really bad um and then it would go away and come back and go away and nothing really playful happened 
until we actually started remodeling the home and taking it back to its original like beauty you know putting the fireplace back in putting the big archways back in um bringing in the older woodwork and we, as soon as we started making it more original is when it was more it was playful like it was it, you know we we never felt scared in the home as when i was little and i was in the other home um i ne- i didn't feel welcome and it wasn't because of my family it was just the feeling of of the home itself it was not welcoming it was just scary to be there where in this home i never was scared it felt like home and actually it kind of felt better after it was renovated and back to you know what it used to be um it did feel more like a home with only a little information available on the home and its previous residents John decided to do some investigations on his own with the help of some spiritual guidance. The answers received weren't as descriptive as he would have liked, but he did get confirmation that whatever was in the home did have intelligence. A couple different experiences happened. Um, One where um, when we tried to communicate with a a board, um, I was one that was not on the board at the time. Um, It was other people that were on the board and uh, the question was asked if they could give my um, truck number for my job. And our truck numbers were pretty long. And the, um, the movement of the board was able to correctly do my truck number on my, on the, you know, with other people being on it. And I had, I was not on the board. So it was not something like you could say that I was pushing it or anything because I was not on the board itself. Um, but there was no way nobody would have known my truck, my work truck number other than me because I dealt with it on a daily basis. So that was kind of an eye opener um, and, you know, kind of a little bit eerie, too, you know, because you kind of wonder, you know, is it good or is it bad when you're dealing with boards like that? And then um, I went and saw somebody and she, it, you know, she did all this stuff. Um, you know, kind of telling me about my life and everything. And um, for the most part, she had everything right. But she did tell me that that there was a male spirit around me that was there to protect me and make sure that I was okay. John doesn't know the identity of the male spirit. And while the medium did give him a name, John doesn't remember it. He does know that it wasn't a familiar name, so it's unlikely the spirit that is watching over him is a long-lost relative. Since moving to Florida in 2012, John says he hasn't had any experiences that can compare to what he encountered in Ohio. He left behind the moving objects, the sounds of footsteps, and the mischievous hide-and-seek game he witnessed during the renovation of his home. There are times, however, that he feels like he's being watched. Other times, he says he will hear his name from some unknown source, especially when he's working late. I've talked to um, a few people that are at the at the job site, and they have said the same thing, that things will happen like that to them at night, or they'll hear somebody in the room next to them and, and nobody's there. The maintenance staff has said the same thing, you know, that they'll hear things as well. Despite all of his experiences, John doesn't consider himself a psychic or a medium. However, he does think that because of those experiences as a child, he's more open to sensing things that many of us will never see firsthand. 
Because of what he saw and heard at a young age, John believes that he has a slight insight into a world that he otherwise would not. Anyone, or anything, that might be reaching out from beyond our plane of existence may also understand that and feel as though John is an appropriate conduit into our own reality. I guess maybe I'm a little bit more in tune than others, um, just because I've, I've dealt with it and um, had it in the past. But, you know, because you know, just that feeling, it's it's almost like it's, it's really weird because every once in a while, I could, it, it's like I could feel the way or um, I'll get a feeling, especially like when I was doing one of my jobs in Ohio, when I passed certain homes, I would get an overwhelming feeling of something. And sometimes it was a good feeling and sometimes it was a, a, a bad feeling. And it's, it's almost like I could feel the presence of somebody there and how they felt. And every once in a while that'll happen down here where it's almost like I can tell like there's something there, but they're not talking to me or anything. I just, I just feel kind of what they feel. It's hard to describe. It's almost like sometimes it's almost sadness and sometimes it's like a joy feeling. John, who asked that his last name not be used in this interview, says he would like to visit the homes from his past, although he makes it very clear that he wouldn't want to spend any time in them all alone. He shared that knowing the background of the homes, especially the one he grew up in, helped bring him closure concerning his experiences. The Native Americans that were buried under his childhood home were likely disturbed by the presence of a modern family intruding on their ground. And, while he is unsure what spirit he disturbed in his later home, he's thankful that whatever, or whoever, it was, didn't appear to follow him when he moved to Florida. Not everyone is open to experiences like John's, and not everyone is a believer. But John encourages others to be open-minded and to consider that there are things out there that are beyond our own understanding. Maybe, if one is willing to accept what can't be explained, he or she will also make a connection similar to the one John made at a young age. To listen to the full unedited interview with John, click on the media page of the phantomhistory.com website. There, you will also find a photo of the home where John encountered the playful spirit, as he called it, and the newspaper article documenting the dig around his childhood home. Phantom History is researched, written, and produced by me, Steve Blanchard. Music is courtesy of Shane Ivers of SilbermanSound.com, Chad Crouch, and Raphael Crew. If there is a mysterious location that you think would make for an interesting episode, please let me know by emailing podcast at phantomhistory.com. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram through my podcast handle, at phantomhistory, and see photos, news articles, and other extras on the podcast website, phantomhistory.com. In addition, I invite you to like the Phantom History page on Facebook, where you will receive updates, photos, participate in discussions, and more. Please consider giving Phantom History a five-star review on whatever platform you use to enjoy podcasts. And thank you for listening.